Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Today, let me speak to the governor. Governor Gary Herbert spends one hour answering your questions. Call 801-575-8255. Live from the studios of KSL News Radio in Salt Lake City, it's Let Me Speak to the Governor. And thank you for joining us for Let Me Speak to the Governor. I'm Maria Shaleos, along with Governor Gary Herbert, and we appreciate your calls. The number to call if you have a question today, 801-575-8255. You can also text us your questions at 57500. And Governor, I know that you just returned from Washington, D.C., and you have a lot of uh, wonderful business news to talk about. Well, thank you, Maria. It's great to be with you as always. And uh, we did, just a week ago, spend some time in Washington, D.C., uh, I actually just got back from our Western Governors Association meetings in South Dakota where we had a, a number of governors getting together as we do uh, twice a year. But the, the trip to Washington was interesting in that we got to spend a couple of hours with the president and the vice president and talk about a number of issues for nearly two hours, which was unusual. They would donate that much time. But the most important meeting was not, at least to me, was not the meeting with the president and the vice president, although that was important and and productive, but as we had a meeting, I was invited to by a lot of international businesses to come and talk about Utah and why we are doing so much in international trade and our secrets of our success, and indicating that they want to be a part of it. I'll just mention I've got a list here, Maria, of the companies that were involved in this lunch that I was invited mm-hmm. to come and speak to: uh, Samsung, Rio Tinto, Panasonic. Siemens Corporation, Hyundai, Kia, Nestle, Volkswagen, Sunny, BAE Systems, uh, Prism View, Dimension, just a few of the about 20 that were there. And it was interesting that we talked about international trade and the, the view that Utah is this emerging um, uh, uh, economic powerhouse when it comes to international business. And, of course, we speak 130 languages, I told them, and we have a very successful economy. And really the marketplace is global in nature, and we are suited to do that. But then they brought up on their own volition, they said, we understand you're developing an inland port. And they were very excited about the potential of that and the opportunities that an inland port would bring to Utah. And for them to do business in the state of Utah, to bring their products into America through an inland port here in the Salt Lake City area. And for us to be able to export products outside internationally and what that attracts. The fact that it's on everybody's radar screen and we're kind of in the infancy stages of this, just heightened my excitement about the potential here of an inland port. So I think we have a chance to do something really remarkable. It's uh, not without challenges. There's certainly some issues that need to be resolved with the state and local communities here, which we're working on and having better dialogue, I think, now than we've had in the past. But I like the fact that we're on, I think, a a good, correct road, and I believe we'll get to the right destination here over the next few months. Governor, for those of our listeners who may may be not familiar with the Inland Port, maybe they've just heard the word Inland Port but don't understand, explain how that really enhances opportunities for these companies. Well, a lot of it has to do with how hard it is to get products 
you know, into the country. And most of our ports, in fact, virtually all of our ports are on the coast, so east or west. So picture, you know, ships that come in and they have loaded with goods, big boxes full of products. And how do they, in fact, uh, sell those to people in America? You have to go through customs. You have to go through all the uh, bureaucratic red tape. And sometimes it takes days or weeks to get through that process, even to get into shore because people are backed up. Same with the trains. It's all about transportation. Uh, same with air. And so if you could just shortcut that and come right to Salt Lake City and bring your products in by air or by rail and go through this uh, uh, terminal here, uh, time really is money. And so they can save time and, and the inconvenience to get their product in and, and improve their own bottom line. And it's, it works just the reverse, too. It means that products that we develop here, it will attract manufacturing and additional economic opportunity so things can be built here. Think automobiles, airplanes, other products that are associated with those two uh, uh, you know, uh, areas of sectors of growth. Um, it just makes it easier for them to export their products. It would be nice if someday we actually were building planes here in Utah and exporting those out to the rest of the, of the world. Uh, you know, Boeing, which is the largest exporter of products in America, so all they, they're selling all these planes around the world. It would be nice if we had a Boeing plant here. Well, we enhance that opportunity by having an inland port here in this valley. Yesterday, we learned at this time that uh, Supreme Court Justice Kennedy is announcing his retirement. Um, first of all, your reaction to that and the fact that we have two Utahns on the short list for his replacement. Well, we thank uh, Justice Kennedy for his service and uh, for his, uh, I think, wisdom on the court and his intellectual capability and uh, support of the rule of law. And it's nice to see two of our favorite sons, uh, Justice Tom Lee and Senator Mike Lee, brothers, uh, who are on the short list. I appointed Tom Lee to the Supreme Court of Utah, and he's done an outstanding job, a very keen intellect. Uh, we talk about intellectual firepower, which he has a tremendous amount, uh, and also, uh, I think, the right judicial demeanor, and also understands the rule of law and the fact that we don't legislate from the bench. And I think that's important. Uh, and, um, uh, again, Senator Mike Lee, again, cut of the same cloth as a brother, uh, as, ch as clerk for Justice Alito uh, twice, certainly knows his way around the Supreme Court, I think could be confirmed by his colleagues in the Senate, and, again, has a keen mind for the Constitution, understanding that we don't legislate from the bench. That's the important thing to me, is we have to have people that really understand that role of a judge. In Utah, uh, when we appoint people to the bench, we don't talk about their politics. We don't talk about their religion. We don't talk about anything other than what is the process you will go through on case by case by case to make a decision. And we've been very fortunate, the people we've appointed to the bench, not only in, in, in what they've said, but what they've done, says that we're going to apply the facts to the law and to make a decision based on the law. Not what we think the law should be, what we wish the law should be, what we wish the public had, through their legislative process, had created the law, but we apply the facts to the law and render a decision. That's what we need more of, particularly in the federal court. 
And uh, I know that um, uh, Justice Lee and Senator Lee would bring that, in fact, uh, approach to the to the Supreme Court of our of our great country. Of the two, do you have a favorite, or do you believe one has a better chance at being nominated than the other? Well, I don't want to get between sibling rivalry here, so uh, they're both very capable. Again, constitutional scholars, and really have the right stuff to be, I think, effective on the bench, and. Um, so uh, I think they're both well qualified. And again, the fact that I appointed uh, Tom Lee to the Supreme Court of Utah indicates certainly that I've believed he did and has done a great job for us. So uh, I don't know that he has the inside track, but the fact he's got experience as a judge may, in fact, be a, a tiebreaker. But that being said, they're both really very smart, capable people. Had a lot of talk over the past day and a half about the Supreme Court and the politicized, uh, how it's been politicized, how the job has been politicized, and about term limits. How do you feel about term limits for Supreme Court justices? You know, I, I, again, I think uh, the, the decision is when do you lose capability? When are you not capable? And there's sometimes as you age, you know, whether there's self-awareness or not, that your faculties are not quite what they once were. And so there is at least an intellectual argument as far as term limits and how long should they serve. And, and all. it's always been a lifetime appointment. That's pretty going to be pretty hard to think to change. But uh, And most justices, I think, understand their limitations and then voluntarily retire. Very few die in office. So I don't know how acute the problem is. I do think the more important problem, though, is that we've politicized the federal bench so much. I mean, you're going to see this is going to be a big brouhaha battle between the Democrats and the Republicans in the Senate about who they're going to support and confirm. And that's unfortunate because it shouldn't matter whether it's a Democrat or a Republican or Libertarian or Independent. What matters is how they make their decisions. And it should be based on the law. And... uh, and that law should have facts applied to it and a decision rendered. And and frankly, it's disappointed me we have these 5-4 decisions and we have, uh, you know, people refer to the Supreme Court as a liberal Supreme Court or a conservative Supreme Court. It should be just the Supreme Court and it shouldn't matter. I mean, in 95% of the time, it shouldn't matter whether you're conservative or liberal. It's the facts applied to the law, render a decision based on the law. And, and whether you're a Democrat or Republican, the outcome should be the same. That's what we want to have in our courts, where you can feel some confidence in going there that you're going to get a fair decision, not a political decision, but a fair decision meaning uh, one based on the law and having due process. Governor, let's take a break. Uh, We do have a couple of callers standing by. We'll get to their calls following the break. The number to call is 801-575-8255. Or again, you can text us your question at 57500. We'll be right back. 